presented by Google. Good morning. I'm Playbook Editor Mike DeBonis. It's Monday, December 11th. Here's what's driving the day. Let's start with what isn't happening. We were expecting former President Donald Trump to take the stand today in the Manhattan civil fraud trial targeting his real estate empire. But yesterday, Trump posted to Truth Social that he had other plans. Quote, I have already testified to everything and have nothing more to say other than this is a complete and total election interference Biden campaign witch hunt that will do nothing but keep businesses out of New York. I will not be testifying on Monday, unquote. Meanwhile, the White House announced yesterday that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will travel to Washington and will meet tomorrow with President Joe Biden. He'll also come to Capitol Hill, where he'll meet separately with senators and House Speaker Mike Johnson as lawmakers try to figure out if there's any way to deliver the tens of billions of dollars in military and economic aid to Ukraine that Biden has requested. That promises to be just one highlight of a supremely busy week on Capitol Hill, where members are hoping to also deal with the annual Pentagon policy bill, an expiring surveillance program, and in the House, a presidential impeachment inquiry before departing for a three-week holiday break. And joining me now to talk impeachment and the rest of the week ahead on the Hill is Congress reporter Anthony Adragna. Good morning, Anthony. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good to be with you. So we are finally taking a vote on impeachment this week in the House of Representatives. Can you tell me what is this vote exactly and why are they taking it now? Right. So obviously, Republicans, House Republicans have been signaling for a long time they want to move forward this investigation into President Joe Biden, focused particularly on his son and allegations that there may have been some pressure from the president that would benefit Hunter Biden's business ventures. There's not been any evidence that's been turned up to that point. I think that's important to note from the beginning. But there's been really kind of a ton of pressure from the right flank of the Republican Party to formally authorize this impeachment inquiry. That's something that's important to note here. There's, you know, it seems sort of like a rhetorical nuance, but it's important. A lot of the moderates in the House right now are comfortable with this vote moving forward and authorizing the inquiry because it's not a vote yet on the merits of actually impeaching President Joe Biden. A lot of Republicans that we talked to over the course of the last week have indicated they're frustrated with the White House. They feel like they're not getting the information that they want. And so they view this vote as, you know, for only strengthening their hand in terms of getting information, maybe forcing people to comply with subpoenas, things of that sort. And so, you know, the pressure has been building for a while, but I think that's why we're at the point where we're at today. Right. And part of this is that there's some precedent here when the shoe is on the other foot in the Trump administration and the House Democrats were impeaching Trump back in 2019. They took a similar vote, correct? Absolutely. And that's been actually something that's been pointed to by the Biden White House as sort of a reason for not necessarily being fully cooperative with a lot of these efforts to date is that there hasn't been a formal authorization of this impeachment inquiry. So that's something that, you know, I think Republicans are looking to head off that argument by actually having this vote and maybe defanging that argument, if you will. So let's talk about the whip count on this. You mentioned that there's these centrists who have become more comfortable with it. But, you know, let's be honest, this is a three vote Republican majority in the House right now. Um, Why? What are you seeing that House leaders are so confident that uh, this is actually going to succeed this week? Yeah. So my colleagues, Jordan Carney and Olivia Beavers and myself uh, spent much of the last week 
trying to really dig down into this whip count here and uh, focused in particular on these 18 Republicans that hold seats that President Joe Biden carried in 2020. We surveyed them and we so far only found one Republican that's basically indicated they're prepared to vote against this. That's Ken Buck of Colorado. He's retiring, um, member of the Freedom Caucus, but um, has been, uh, at least of late, been known to buck his party. So to speak. So to speak. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. But among the 18 Republicans in those Biden districts, we've not really found many of them that are um, at least prepared to definitively state they're going to vote against this. So I think that's part of what's bolstering Republicans' leadership and why they feel so confident going into this vote. I think if there was any indication they were likely to lose, you know, even a handful of these members, there might be some resistance. But again, I do think they are feeling the pressure from the right flank conservatives in their party to move this forward. And so I think that's why we're at this point. And they're not seeing the resistance that they saw even a couple of months ago under former Speaker Kevin McCarthy to going forward with this from the moderates. So back in 2019, this preliminary vote authorizing the investigation, this was prelude to an actual impeachment vote. What are you hearing from these Biden district Republicans in terms of whether they are prepared to actually vote for impeachment if it comes to that down the road? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. And what's been interesting is talking to a number of members who are definitely not part of the the more moderate camp essentially making the argument that you're authorizing an impeachment inquiry here. That's not necessarily a vote on the merits. I heard that from Marjorie Taylor Greene last week, Doug LaMalfa. These are conservative members of the House Republican Conference. So I I don't think they're really pushing their members, um, some of these folks that represent Biden districts, to necessarily uh, touch the merits of the, the case so far. Again, there's not been any definitive evidence, no smoking guns that have been shown so far. But I think the argument that's been advanced and that has carried weight with a lot of these folks that represent these more marginal seats is this will, uh, the argument is this will give us the strongest possible hand to compel the White House to cooperate, provide us information, respond to subpoenas. Um, and so I think that's kind of the argument that seems like it's carrying a lot of weight right now. And it's gotten a lot of these folks into a place where they feel comfortable um, going ahead and voting for this. Now, Anthony, before I let you go, this is not the only thing happening on the Hill this week. This is the last week that the House and Senate are scheduled to be in before the holidays. And we actually got an uh, interesting piece of news yesterday about what this week has in store. What is that? Absolutely. So we're expecting another appearance in person from Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Obviously, one of the key issues that remains to be decided before Congress departs for the years, whether or not they're going to re-up more additional funds for Ukraine as they continue their war against Russia. So I think you're going to see uh, President Zelensky make the case in person. We know of a meeting that's going to take place in the Senate on Tuesday, bright and early Tuesday morning. And we're also expecting him to appear at the White House with President Joe Biden. But beyond that, Congress has a really full plate still. We're expecting them to take action on the National Defense Authorization Act, the National Defense Policy Bill this week. And uh, that's kind of the big ticket issue that remains. But we're also expecting action on reauthorizing a controversial surveillance program known as FISA. So Congress, you know, we're not dealing with a government spending fight, as I know you uh, remember from years past, but there's still plenty to do before they break for the holidays here. Anthony Dragna, thank you very much. Good luck with this busy week ahead. Thank you so much. And for your schedule today, the House and the Senate are in, and President Biden will travel this morning to Philadelphia, where he will speak in honor of the city, receiving a grant to support firefighters' salaries and benefits, and 
enable the reopening of three fire companies. Later, Biden will return to Washington and host a Hanukkah reception at the White House that will be attended by Holocaust survivors, members of Congress, state and local officials, entertainers, and Jewish religious leaders. Second gentleman Doug Emhoff and White House staff that are descendants of Holocaust survivors will participate in a menorah lighting. I'm Mike DeBonis. Thanks for listening.